0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Catch-Up Sports Podcast, I hope you're all having a fantastic day. I'm your host Moses, and welcome to the 7th ever episode of this podcast. First of all, Happy Rosh Hashanah, Happy New Year to all my Jewish viewers out there. Happy Holiday, enjoy it. And also, a day ago I watched the Thursday night football game, the Browns versus the Bengals, and it was a way better game than expected. Many, you know, many jokes on Twitter and Instagram thought it was going to be a defensive slugfest. It's going to end 6-3, but it was a high-scoring, very competitive, and close matchup. Very entertaining. And Baker, Baker Mayfield, the Browns quarterback, had a career-saving game. If he lost that game against the Bengals, I think his career would be over. And this game is also proof to me that Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach, Is a great coach after suffering a blowout on sunday 38-6 versus the ravens he motivated his team to play great on a short week only great coaches know how to do such a quick turnaround and motivate his team so the browns are heading in the right direction regarding their coach at least so what's ahead of us today um we're gonna talk about my nfl week one reactions Also, I'm going to preview and predict the NBA Conference Finals, and we're going to end with my weekly NFL game picks. So let's jump right into it. But before I talk about the NFL, I got to talk about the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard. Such an embarrassment. I love Kawhi as a player, but he deserves the same criticism as James Harden and Kevin Durant gets for that Game 7 performance. Doc Rivers, the Clippers head coach, in my opinion, one of the most overrated coaches in the league. This is his third time, yeah, third time blowing a 3-1 lead in the playoffs. Kawhi had 14 points in Game 7. Paul George had 10 points in Game 7. That's what you call the definition of choking in competitive sports. This team is added to the most disappointing teams of the decade list, along with the 2013 Los Angeles Lakers with Steve Nash and Dwight Howard. And I have nothing but praise for the Denver Nuggets. This team is battle-ready, mentally tough, the first team in NBA history to come back from 3-1 deficits twice in the same playoffs. Good job, Denver. Now let's shift to the NFL. Week one of the 2020 NFL season is in the books, and I had a blast watching so much football during the weekend. I watched on Sunday, uh, I put NFL Red Zone, and I watched that with my dad. We, we ordered some burgers from a local fast food place, and I had a blast. Me and my dad just watched football for hours. It was really such a blast. And I handpicked a couple games with the most interesting storylines, in my opinion, And I'll share my personal takes on them. So there's four different games I'll react to. So let's start with the first Sunday night football game of the season, the Cowboys versus the Rams. I'm very disappointed from the Cowboys' performance Sunday night. If the Cowboys consider themselves Super Bowl contenders, they can't lose to teams like the Rams they shouldn't be counting on a game-tying drive in the final minute of the fourth and count on the refs to miss an offensive pass interference call to have a chance to tie or win the game. And if we're already talking about that call, let's dive into the details. With under 30 seconds to play in the game, the Cowboys are down by three and they need a field goal to send this game into overtime. So Dak Prescott throws a 47-yard completion to Michael Gallup, who smoked Jalen Ramsey on that play. But the play was, unfortunately for the Cowboys, brought back because Michael Gallup committed offensive pass interference on that play. And because of that call, the Cowboys ultimately lost the game. The next day and throughout the week, many sports media analysts like Skip Bayless started complaining and whining that Gallup didn't commit pass interference. So let's look at the definition of pass interference. So here's the definition. When a act more than a yard beyond the line of scrimmage significantly hinders or helps the eligible receiver to catch the ball. On the Michael Gallup play, on that specific play, Gallup does extend his arm to slightly push away Ramsey from him. So Gallup would have more space to catch the ball. In other words, if you like it or not, Michael Gallup did commit offensive pass interference, even if it was a slight push off. And the Cowboys did deserve to fall to 0-1. The second game I want to talk about is Tom Brady's first start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Brady had an off game. He won 23 for 36, 239 yards, two interceptions and two touchdowns. And all of his critics were quick to call him washed and a system quarterback. And to be honest, I'm not worried about Brady or the Bucs. Everyone has to remember that this is a new offense for Brady to learn. This is difficult, especially in a COVID year where there's no OTAs and a very late training camp. Watching that game, Brady looked great physically, throwing throwing those tight spirals. By week 3 or 4, when this offense starts clicking and stops being sloppy, the Bucs will have one of the best offenses in the league, like they should be. The day Brady will be washed is when Brady physically can't throw the ball at an NFL level. But... If by week 3 or 4 this offense isn't performing, there's a problem. The third game I want to talk about is Joe Burrow's first NFL start. So it's the Chargers versus the Bengals. And if you look at Joe Burrow's stats, it looks like his performance was underwhelming 23 for 36, 193 yards, an interception and 0 touchdowns. And until there was 2 minutes left in the game, his performance was underwhelming. The Bengals had the ball with two minutes to go down by three. And something changed that drive. Burrow took over that drive, looked like a true veteran quarterback, taking what the Chargers defense gave him. And it's very rare to see a rookie quarterback at his first NFL start to conduct a class two-minute drive. Burrow drove his team inside the 10-yard line, almost scoring a touchdown and winning the game if A.J. Green wasn't called for offensive pass interference. Sadly for the Bengals, their kicker missed a 31-chip shot field goal to send this game into overtime. Regarding the Chargers, I'm a bit concerned. Their offense, led by Tyrod Taylor, scored only 16 points versus the Bengals. The Chargers have unlimited talent on offense and a solid defense, and they barely beat the worst team in the league last year? Maybe the Chargers aren't as good as we thought they would be. But regarding Joe Burrow's performance, he's got a lot of potential. And on Thursday night against the Browns, he balled out, throwing the ball more than 60 times for 360 yards and three touchdowns. The future is bright, Cincinnati. I'm happy for you. The fourth and final game I want to talk about is the NFC North marquee matchup. The Packers versus the Vikings. So I gotta say this, Aaron Rodgers came mad into the season. His team drafted his potential replacement, so Rodgers decided to revert back to his MVP unstoppable form to prove his team wrong for drafting a quarterback. He went for 32 for 44, 364 yards, 4 touchdowns, and 0 interceptions, scoring 41 offensive points in that game. I'm very excited to see that Aaron Rodgers is finally, truly back. And I'm really concerned about the Vikings. Their new young and inexperienced secondary played like Swiss cheese Sunday. The Vikings need to figure this out as soon as possible to have a chance to win this division. Now let's shift to this. The conference finals in the NBA playoffs has started, so I want to lay my predictions and thoughts because these two matchups are very intriguing. I'd like to start with the East, the Celtics versus the Heat. It's a team of all-stars versus a true playing all-around good team. I think all of the matchups we could have got in the Eastern Conference Finals, this is the best matchup we could have got. I'll take the Celtics in seven because the Celtics are more battle-hardened than the Heat, in my opinion. After beating the Raptors in a grueling seven-game series. But also you never know the Heat do have Jimmy Butler and Bama Adebayo and a great team around them so the Heat have a great shot to advance to the finals and I'm currently recording this in a couple hours is going to be game three of the Heat Celtics series and the Heat are leading 2-0 and I just want to say this if the Heat win the game and they go up 3-0, this series is over. It's going to be a sweep. But if Boston wins that game, I think Boston has a great chance to advance to the finals. This is the most important game of this series, and I'm excited. Now, on to the West. Nuggets versus Lakers. This season is, in my opinion, LeBron's last shot to reach the NBA Finals. Next year, the Warriors are coming back. The Nuggets are going to be back. The Clippers are going to be back and I think angrier. Also, the Blazers are, going, are coming back. And most importantly, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks are going to establish themselves as a championship caliber team next season. I don't think LeBron and the Lakers will let this last shot slip away. I'm taking the Lakers in six. But if this series goes to a game seven then Denver will advance. I trust Denver in Game 7. Now, let's move on to my NFL Week 2 Game Picks, my favorite segment of the week. Now, Week 2 of the NFL season is upon us, and you know what that means. Here's my weekly picks. I'm currently 11-6 after picking the Browns to beat the Bengals on Thursday Night Football on my Twitter. The link is in the description for my Twitter. So before I start with my picks, I want to know, what are your picks this week? Do you have any bold predictions? Write them in the comments or at my Instagram or at my Twitter, I'll respond to any comment. So let's start with my picks. The first guy I'm predicting is the Giants at the Bears. The Bears had an impressive comeback last week versus the Lions, but I'll pick the Giants because. I think they'll fix some mistakes on the O-line that they made last week. And if the O-line performs, the Giants are the better team in this matchup. Rams at Eagles. The Eagles' offensive line was broken to pieces last week by Washington's defensive line. And I don't think the Eagles can contain Aaron Donald and the Rams' pass rush. So I'll pick the Rams in the potential upset. Falcons versus Cowboys. Falcons at Cowboys. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. They're the home team, and I don't think highly about the Falcons this year due to their coaching staff. Panthers at Buccaneers. I'm just going to pick the far better team in this one the Tampa Bay Bucks. Niners at Jets. I think Adam Gase, the Jets head coach, is the worst coach in the league by far. And the Jets roster is also one of the worst in the league. I'm just going to pick the 49ers. Even though George Kittle is not available Sunday. Broncos at Steelers. I'm going to pick the Steelers just because they're the home team. Jags at Titans. Gardner Minshew and the Jags really impressed me week one. But the Titans are a better team and they're the home team. And I think they're going to win this game if Goskowski can kick this time. Pray for Goskowski. Lions at Packers. The Packers had the Lions number for years now. And nothing will change this week. Packers win. Bills at Dolphins. This is a potential upset for the Dolphins because the Bills, a cold team city, the Buffalo Bills, are traveling to Miami in September when it's the most hot there but i'm just gonna pick the bills i'm gonna go save this pick but you heard it here that this is a potential upset but i'm still gonna pick the bills vikings at colts philip rivers didn't change since his chargers days and still throws the ball to the opposing team consistently i think the vikings will get back on track and will win this game Washington football team at the Arizona Cardinals. Washington did upset the Eagles last week, but the Cardinals are way more dynamic, and they really surprised me when they beat the 49ers last week, and I'm pretty high on them, so I'll pick the Cardinals in this one. Ravens at Texans. This game was a blowout last year, and now without DeAndre Hopkins on the Texans' roster, This could get really ugly. I'll pick the Ravens in this one. Chiefs at Chargers. The Chargers offense looked flat against the Bengals. And against the Chiefs, you need to run up the score to have a chance to win the game. I'll pick the Chiefs. Sunday night football, Patriots at Seahawks. A great primetime game in my opinion. Russell Wilson versus Cam Newton. And many might pick Cam to lead the Pats. To a upset in Seattle, but I don't think so. Remember that the Patriots don't have any receiving threats apart from Julian Edelman. So I'll pick Seattle in a closed, entertaining Sunday night football game. Monday night football, Saints at Raiders. The first game in Vegas, and in my opinion, it's not going to be even close. I think the Saints are far superior than the Oakland Sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. I need to get used to that. So I'll pick the far better team, the Saints. Those were my weekly NFL predictions. Once again, if, if you have any predictions or bold predictions, so write them in the comments. I'd love to know or DM me on Twitter or on Instagram. My DMs are open. And uh, yeah, this is the end of the podcast. Hope you all enjoyed it as I enjoyed writing it and recording it. And uh, this podcast is also available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and SoundCloud, so you can listen to it, whatever it's more comfortable for you. Also, if you have any friends who love American sports, um, spread the word about this podcast. Let's grow this community, and make it as big as possible. I'll see you guys next time. Peace.